<laughs> Do you ever think about how shitty it must have felt back in 2009 when, uh, like, Michael DiMartino and Brian Konitzko found out that the same name, Avatar, but not their IP, not their intellectual property, but a different Avatar became the highest grossing film of all time? Yes, I do think about that all the time because... It felt shitty as a fan (laughs) (laughs) of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and then everyone was like, oh, Avatar. Yeah, and then when you bring it up, you're like, they always ask, like, you mean the blue people? Yes. Yes. Especially, like, as a kid, and, like, all the adults only know Avatar as, like, that movie. Yeah. Like, they have no idea what Avatar is. It's like... you have to like explain it to you have any to normie. say atla or something atla it's, yeah you know avatar the last or last airbender i don't i just like don't know how i feel about like uh saying acronyms of like yeah. tv shows that i like like referring to them as yeah. acronyms uh, yeah i would i would usually i would everyone would always refer to it as avatar yeah um even back you know with like yeah. kids would refer it oh, as yeah. avatar um i remember it was really cool uh watching avatar as a kid i was like you know like i said i was probably like you know 12 and my older brother andrew watched it too and i found when i found out he watched it too i was like what because he's like (laughs) 10 years older than me in college at the time right yeah (laughs) and he's like Oh, I really like this show. Especially really at a cool. time when like Netflix wasn't a thing, like yeah. streaming. Like uh, he watched and TV Nickelodeon. Shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's a universal show. It's for everyone. Yeah, but it's just I I I want to be like in the room when they found out. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like God <sighs> damn it. Oh. It's just I think it's just more frustrating for fans because they always have to like yeah, clarify. Have to yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the blue people. Um. So this episode. <laughs> Wait, we you didn't do the intro. I thought you were about to. Oh, are we doing the intro? Welcome to Rocky Relationship <laughs> and Avatar: The Last Airbender podcast. I'm Danielle, and I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Bato of the Water Tribe, Chapter Fifteen. Correct. <laughs> when I uh, saw this episode as a kid, I always thought about that movie, Bato. Do you remember that movie? No. What movie? What so you, it's about like this half wolf, half uh, Siberian husky in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And there was like an, a, a pandemic. Um, it was like, it was like. Are you sure you're not thinking of no, no, Beethoven? No, no, it was, it was measles or, or some sort of sickness that affected the children. And it was in a, okay. a town, a little, sh- I'm explaining it to you. And there was a little, it was a little town in Alaska or something. And they didn't, they had to get like medicine. And um, this dog wasn't a trained like sled dog because he was like a half wolf, like kind of mutt that lived in the in the <laughs> okay. town. Was this real? Like like it's based on a real story. OK, but like the movie was it animated is animated. Like, OK. And so so the the Bato has to help the sled dogs and he, he has to because he's the fastest because he's half wolf. 
and he's like leads the sled dog team to get the life-saving medicine after their the actual like owner of the sled team is injured and he saves the town <laughs> i swear to god there's like a statue I, there's a statue in this town of this dog like it's like based on a, a legend like a like an urban legend what's the town i don't know <laughs> i know you. i know you just like researched this I, um, I, I know you just did this is why you know so much about the movie because di- i know diphtheria you don't know was the was the disease Isn't that that's balto balto oh my god oh crap well, I, I get the correlation, but you was like so dead set. I and was so dead set. I researched it and everything. I was like, didn't I CDL. No, I didn't. Starring what? Phil Collins. Starring. And Kevin Bacon. Wow. All right. Well, uh, that that'll be on a special episode. Where <laughs> we'll we'll review Balto. Uh, I can't believe if I we ever start... it was Bato. <laughs> oh my god. If we ever start a Patreon. But I do remember the I, I I do still remember I think I made that correlation. I mean, yeah, I they're similar I, sounds. Yeah, like as a kid, oh yeah, you probably just thought of the movie that you saw at that time. I just think it's funny, yeah, you didn't I was see dead it. I was so convinced that it was, it was Bato. Bato still. Yeah. You didn't appreciate my Beethoven joke. Because you were talking about dogs. Oh yeah, so like I've the, never seen those movies. The Beethoven movies, no. no, they're good. I don't remember them, but it was it was a nice big I, dog. I never and... saw those, and I never saw the Air Bud movies. I saw a couple of Air Bud movies, but like I don't remember anything about them. Yeah, um, a cool thing about this episode, um, I guess. I mean, we can should we talk about what? the voice of June now or? Oh, um, yeah. let's, well, that was a fun, that's a fun fact. A fun fact. We always, okay. we always like decide to just throw out the fun facts. They're so fun. I can't hold <laughs> it in. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, wait, can I really, really, really quickly just say like, I can't believe I forgot this episode. You literally forgot it. I did not remember. And it was a good, it's a good episode. Yeah. The you, fighting. You totally did not remember any of it. Nope. This this fight scene in this episode is easily top five yeah. Avatar fight scenes. It's probably it, it it's like the first impressive like action scene. sequence. There have been action sequences and uh you know it was just like and, general. Like, Blue Spirit was pretty. Exciting, blue Spirit was n- but like nice. this is a cool one on one fight. That yeah that's the difference. This yeah. Blue Spirit like they were trying to escape so it was just like kind of. Cool, yeah. like Mission Impossible stunts. Yeah, you know what I mean? and they were fighting like a, an army. And, right. Yeah. yeah, but this is like uh, cool bending. One super on one. cool. Yeah, one on one bending, and like you can. Re- it highlights like the agility of Aang and mm-hmm. uh, the sheer like power of Zuko. It was super cool. Yeah. Well, I think we should just get into it. Yep. Well, let's get right into it. Sokka, I'm coming with you. You're not old enough to go to war, Sokka. You know that. I'm strong. I'm brave. I can fight. Please, Dad. Being a man is knowing where you're needed the most. And for you right now, that's here protecting your sister. I don't understand. Someday you will. I'm gonna miss you so much. (laughs) Chapter 15, Bato of the Water Tribe. The gang is walking through a forest when they come across signs of a battle that had water tribe weapons scattered about. Sokka, fo- 
Socko. Socko. Uh, yeah, we, you can tell I've been watching the Bo Burnham special. Sokka follows a trail to a beach where they find a water tribe ship. Sokka and Katara realize it's from the southern fleet, and they get excited at the possibility of seeing their father. While they camp near the ship, we see a flashback of a young Sokka trying to leave with his father and the rest of the men. However, his father explains to him that he needs to stay to protect his sister and the rest of the tribe. Back in the present, Bato, a water tribe warrior and a friend of Sokka and Katara's father, finds the gang's camp and brings them to a nearby village. Meanwhile, Zuko and Iroh are on their ship drinking tea when they're ambushed by a woman on a large beast. The woman, June, says they're looking for a stowaway, and the beast is able to find them using just their scent, since it's completely blind. This gives Zuko the idea to use the beast, a wolf, star-nosed mole-looking creature called a Shirshu, as a way to locate the avatar with Katara's necklace. Back at the village, Bato shows the gang around the abbey he has been staying at and points out that the nuns there make perfume. He takes them back to his home, which is decorated like the homes in the Southern Water Tribe. As Katara and Sokka catch up with Bato, you can sense Aang is starting to feel left out and ignored by his friends, and decides to step out with Appa. While outside, he overhears Bato talking about a possible chance to see their father, but it would require a long detour. Sokka and Katara consider it, but Sokka ultimately decides that they need to help Aang go to the North Pole. Aang, however, only heard the part about them possibly leaving, and he gets upset at the idea of being left behind. While Aang is off sulking, a messenger arrives and asks him if he knows where Bato is, saying he has a message for him. Aang offers to take the message for Bato, and he sees that it's a map showing the route to find Sokka and Katara's dad. Frustrated by this, he crumbles up the map and decides not to show them the message. The next day, Bato proposes for the gang to try ice dodging, which is a rite of passage for members of the Southern Water Tribe where they take a boat through a rough ice patch. Since Sokka and Katara haven't gotten a chance to do this, he offers them and Aang the chance to try to sail through a rocky patch of water. They agree to the challenge, and Bato assigns a role to each person. Once they succeed, he grants the gang to be true members of the tribe, and even gives Aang an honorary membership for his trustworthiness. Feeling guilty, Aang confesses that he's been hiding the message about the whereabouts of Katara and Sokka's father. This angers Sokka, and he immediately declares they are leaving at once to find their father. Katara decides to follow him, with Bato leaving Aang behind. During all of this, Zuko, Iroh, and June are riding the Shirshu and tracking the scent of Katara's necklace all the way through the previous towns the gang has been in. They finally reach the nun's abbey and chase after the direction of Katara and Sokka. A nun warns Aang of the situation. The Shirshu finally reaches them and paralyzes Katara and Sokka with its poisonous tongue. They take them back to the abbey, now following Aang's scent. Aang is able to ambush Zuko and the rest of them, and the most badass fight sequence happens between Aang and Zuko, as well as some bison and Shirshu action. During the fight, Aang is able to swipe Katara's necklace off of Zuko, and Sokka gets an idea to use the perfume from the village to blind the Shirshu. Katara waterbends the perfume around the Shirshu, causing it to thrash and knock out Zuko, Iroh, and June, allowing the gang to escape on Appa. As they fly off into the sunset, Sokka reassures Aang that they will take him to the North Pole and that they are family. Aang gives Katara's necklace back to her, and she gives him a kiss on the cheek. 
Aww. I'd like to point out that that was the first time we tried to uh, not lock our cats away in our bedroom during recording, and they interrupted uh, our reading of that plot summary like yeah. 15 times. And I was in the wrong. I, I, I was the one who it suggested it. It was all it. Danielle's idea. <laughs> I was like, you know what? what? They're, they're going to be fine if we just leave them out to roam. They immediately come into the exact room that we're recording, and they just mess around with everything in the it's room it's what they always do danielle why are you surprised <laughs> i don't know maybe i thought they'd just act like normal cats and go sleep on our couch for a little bit but like they no. always are in the same room where we're in and they always just want to cause like snoop yeah make noise it, they do it all the time like whenever i'm working in here and i have to like be on the phone in a meeting or something like, hopefully hopefully my editing made it smooth and you didn't notice at all yeah but it, it caused us to mess up a lot and now we're kind of like out of the flow so <laughs> let's get back into the yeah flow. all right so <laughs> so i originally told you that i thought this theme was going to be like insecurity but now when i think about it um it's really about being left behind. Right. You know, um, that's kind of the catalyst of Sokka's, all of Sokka's feelings about yeah. uh, who he is as a person, um, who he tries to be as a person, as that he was left behind by his dad and the men of the tribe. Yeah. Bato was left behind by the rest of his tribe because he was True. injured. Um, and Aang acts out of, uh, fear of being left behind by really literally his only family yeah yeah i mean he only knows Katara and Sokka i was kind of hating on Aang for a little bit when i was watching this episode i was like wow Aang is being really stupid and uh childish like why yeah. would he you know like he has to have some faith that they're not just gonna like up and leave him also he's just being like really insecure like let Sokka and Katara just catch up with like this old friend from their tribe that they ha they haven't seen in years and yeah. you know don't be so like upset that they're not including you in every conversation but even for all of that like hate I was thinking about you know with Aang or all that hate I was giving Aang it, I realized it really just comes from the fact that th these are the only two people he has in his life now yeah. Also, why I think Aang uh, feels left out is because uh, Sokka and Katara are finally getting a chance to see their dad or possibly see their dad. Um, this is the probably the first connection to their dad they've had in a while mm -hmm. where like they might get some news like it, it's that's a really special thing for them. And so um, Aang doesn't have that. He yeah. doesn't have anyone that he could talk to that would remind him of his past i mean mm. there was boomy there was there was king boomy but like in terms of how his home life was like he doesn't have anyone really connecting back to the air nation like yeah. where he was from yeah yeah it's it's kind of painful to see Sokka and katara so close to being reunited with their family yeah when Sokka and katara is all of ang's family right yeah it was uh, i mean like I said, I thought he was being a little shitty at first, but then I realized like where it came from and it's completely understandable. I mean, it, imagine like you're, you wake up after a hundred years, you know, you find two people and you're immediately like, these are, this is my family. Like, yeah. This is all I have. And you're also destined and missioned to 
save the world and then those right. two people might just like leave you yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's it's uh it's very isolating yeah. for sure um at least him like thinking that that was going to happen mm -hmm. uh, of course he conveniently didn't hear the part where they said no let's stay or yeah. let's, let's let's be with him yeah they they didn't even want to leave like they right yeah it was completely just like ang was in his head and then and he heard like the worst possible thing he could ever hear yeah. when he's like kind of moody mm -hmm. and then it just it just spirals. Also, it was really touching to me that when they were when Sokka and Katara were talking to Bato about the possibility of seeing their dad, it was Sokka who was like, I'm sorry, we have to like take Aang to the North Pole. Like yeah. he was the one who stood up and said that like that just goes to show like how far like because you always expect katara to kind of be on ang's side right but like for sokka to be the one to take that responsibility and say like this is where we belong like this is what we're needed yeah in. and like it that is a pretty admirable moment for sokka because he doesn't really have any personal stake mm -hmm. into going to the northern pole or the north pole <laughs> yeah i was combining northern water tribe yeah and, yeah uh he has no stake whereas obviously ang needs to learn waterbending and so does katara yes. she really wants to learn waterbending too so both of them have that personal yeah, yeah. personal motivation to mm -hmm. go Sokka's just along for the ride and his main goal at least like his personal thing if he has the chance to find his dad he would take that right so for him to be the one to stand up is definitely um kind of n not something that you would expect this Sokka. is the first episode. I don't know if they said, because we refer to their father as their father in the plot summary, because I don't know if they said that his name, what his name is, but his name is Hakoda, right? Yes. I think that's what I remember. I don't know if they mention it in this episode. I don't think so. Um, But this is the first time we see Hakoda and his conversation. Yeah, in the flashback. With Sok with little baby Sokka. <laughs> I always love the voice actor that tries to like emulate the uh the present Sokka. So it's just like a Do you think it was a different voice actor? Do you think it was just I think it was just um the mm. the voice actor for Sokka making a baby voice. I don't know. I it could have been I feel like, like it was different. Dad, I want to go with you. Yeah. <laughs> it just always makes me laugh when they do that. Yeah, like they do it again in a Katara flashback like later on in the show. Yeah. It was really, you know, it was the first time we saw because we always knew from like the intro of the first episode where their father was, what their father was doing. But like seeing mm -hmm. their father for the first time we, and then seeing Sokka's relationship with his father explored, you yeah. know, the fact that Sokka had to miss out on so many things, like not just going yeah. to war and like feeling like he's a man like protecting his people but like just straight up like coming of age things that like yeah, the everyone of, the whole yeah, rite of passage thing he had to miss out on so much of that and he had to really like forge his own way as a man like, yeah definitely. coming up um and we saw how like impactful his father his father is as a figure to him oh yeah i mean that was always apparent you know they yeah. were episode one they were you know bringing up their dad and yeah. like uh oh maybe we'll get to see him one day or something you know something along those lines he, I, I believe it was like you know dad entrusted me to look after yeah, yeah. right yeah um so his you can you, you definitely knew that Sokka really looked looked up to his dad and you can tell that was kind of a missing puzzle piece to his mm -hmm upbringing what i found really strange in this episode and this is kind of jumping ahead but katara also had that 
deep drive to like want to see her dad as yeah. well. And we know later on when she does see him again that there's tension between them. I don't remember, but I vaguely remember. In book three, when they eventually reunite with uh, those Southern Water Tribe after the yeah. uh, after Bossing Say, mm-hmm. um, Katara's like kind of gives her dad the cold shoulder shoulder a little because she kind of resents mm. him for leaving. Right. So I don't know if it's a just a continuity thing but it didn't really seem like any of that was set up in this episode yeah it didn't really like she could have maybe made some sly comments like oh why did dad didn't have to leave or i, I don't know yeah they could have been set up a little better for but sure. also at the same in the same point i do believe that she was genuinely excited to see him and then maybe that resentment she, kind of came when she actually did yeah see i mean him. she did decide like when Sokka angrily uh left um, when they found out Aang um, had not given them the message, Katara like considered like staying, but she ultimately like said, oh, "I'm with you, Sokka." I'm with you, Sokka. Yeah, I'm going. Which that was an overreaction, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, he hid. Yeah, he hid the scroll from you. It's very bad of him to do that. Yeah, I understand. But this is the fate of the world we're talking about. Like yeah. you, you scold him. You say that wasn't right. He apologizes. You move on. You don't just immediately say we're leaving your ass behind. Good <laughs> luck with the Fire Lord. We're... I hope you have a good life. Bye. I mean, Sokka doesn't really have the most uh, tempered personality. I, uh, but I would think he would be more level-headed than that. I don't know. And then Katara really shocked me when she was just like, "Yep, I'm." Bye. Like I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, it definitely felt kind of weird for them to react that way. Like um, they were ready to just fucking leave forever. Right. I think it was like the whole uh they Bato really set it up like, Aang, you're so trustworthy. We love you so much. <laughs> like he really like gassed them up. And then it's like, No, I'm not trustworthy. But- like can you imagine if to. they didn't have that change of heart and like they were or they were just a little later <laughs> I, and uh, Aang had already flown off to yeah. the North Pole? They would have never seen each other again. It makes me wonder, <laughs> but it also makes me wonder like what would have happened if Aang just gave it to them? Like I don't think they would have gone. Still. No, you they know, they had already decided they weren't yeah. gonna go. They only decided to go out of hurt that Aang would hide that from them. Right. So I think from like a writing perspective, it made sense for them to kind of overreact to kind you know, just like show that um if you because again we're talking about a kid's show so there has to be some sort of morality Mm -hmm. so if if you're trying to portray to children like if you hide the truth from people it still could be considered as lying yeah you know just because you're not telling something uh you know some information that you know that doesn't mean that you're necessarily being truthful yeah you know and a really beautiful moment of the show and why I think the true core of this episode was the feeling of being left behind was they do immediately decide to turn back when they're going off with Bato and they hear the wolf like howling mm. and Katara's like, Oh, he sounds injured or something. And Bato's Bato and Bato's Balto. like <laughs> Balto <laughs> and Bato's like, he's been, uh left behind by his pack and he's alone i like i know that pain and they immediately feel like hurt that they've left ang behind right but then also like as uh as bato is describing his pain from being left behind by the by the army 
Sokka gets that brief flashback of like all the ships sailing away from him as he's staring yeah. like after them on the side of like the cliff as they're leaving. And he immediately knows that that's what he's doing to Aang in that moment. Yeah. And he loves Aang, so he knows that it's like the wrong choice and they immediately decide to go back. Yeah, but then they get... Oh, yeah, and then they get ambushed. And then... <laughs> that was a beautiful moment, but now let's talk about the real star of the show. <laughs> June. June. Oh, June. Avatar June. loves its its hot goth girls. Yeah. This is the first hot goth girl we see. Yeah, the goth babe. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> um, and, and Iroh is immediately smitten. Oh, my God, Iroh. <laughs> I, I I would okay. Let's be charitable. Let's say she's over eighteen. So, you know, Iroh, fine. I guess that's okay. Yeah, it's still a little creepy. <laughs> not gonna lie. But well, yeah, he says very impressive. That was so <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> I would say like ninety percent of the interactions with Iroh and June were unnecessary. <laughs> the whole like um, when so in the plot summary we were talking about how I. Uh, uh, they pour the perfume, or mm-hmm. they, they, yeah, she water bends the perfume all over the shear shoe, and uh, the shoe shoe goat, you know, thrashes around, knocks everyone around. We see they, it hit Zuko, we and see then it, we yeah. see it hit June. But <laughs> what happened, what we see afterwards is Zuko, uh, Iroh, and June are on the ground, and uh, Zuko, or Iroh ha- has his arm like around June. Like yeah. they're like, it looks like they're cuddling. Yeah. <laughs> and I, Zuko's like, I didn't see you get hit, Iroh. And he does the sh- yeah, He literally, sh- he, he fucking sandlotted her. Sandlotted? Like when the little kid in Sandlot oh. pretends to drown to yeah, get like the yeah. life card Wendy to kiss Woo-hoo? him. Yeah. There, Wendy Woohoo? Yeah. Wendy Peppercorn. Yes. Um, when he gets her to like kiss him and, and yeah. you see him like wink he, before like she goes in for the kiss. That's exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pretends he's drowning. Yeah, so, yeah. So she gives him C- CPR. Yeah, exactly. That was... <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that that is pretty accurate. <laughs> oh my god, it was so bad, but it was so good. Uh, that that whole scene was epic. That oh, the fighting fight scene, scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, when Katara is like water bending the perfume. Yeah, I thought that was cool. The 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 well yeah. thing that was the best. So calling Z- it, I'm calling it. Talking about bending, that was my favorite. Bending. Zuko and Aang are like, uh, they're one-on-one battling and like we said like i think this is easily top definitely top 10 uh fight scenes in last airbender uh yeah i would say top five i don't know possibly possibly we we do need a we need to make a tier list well yeah at the end of the show but easily top in season one obviously Maybe oh, like yeah. maybe like the second best in season one, like one on one. I don't. I would there call it the, the third best in season one. Yeah, I, I I'm do, calling it right now. I because, do know there's a better fight because I think I think both of the best fights come in the last three episodes. Yeah, I would say the last episode. What's your top fight? What do you mean? What's your top fight? Why don't we? I don't want to spoil. We we always spoil. We always get we we always get ahead of ourselves. Why can't we spoil? I already know what my top I fight know, is. I know, but like we always talk about I think my top the, uh, fight is that my top fight of the whole series is um in season 1. I mean, I'm talking about talking mostly about the one with the red moon in Iroh and um but that's not a one-on-one I, I don't care oh, about Iroh one-on-ones. and Zhao. Yeah. 
See, we're spoiling. That's not even in my list. I think that's dope. It is, but it's so I mean, fast. It's like very quick. I mean, yeah, but the stakes are so high. You want to know what mine is? Or am I sure, spoiling I already, it? <laughs> I already said mine. Mine is uh, Katara and Zuko. At the end? At, at the part oh, one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just love that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise I'm not a closeted Zutara shipper, but that one was great. <laughs> anyways, um, I'm back my to- flashlight. <laughs> Tell me now. Um, anyways, back to this episode. Yeah, when Aang and Zuko are like, toe to toe on the well and they're like and ang is like dodging him on the well that was and so good the, the footwork the well breaks down and then they're like tiptoeing around each other on the opening and I, then ang goes in and then just brings out yeah, the gust of I wanted, water i want to see like footage of uh like sifu kisu like uh court choreographing like that yeah. fight sequence um that would be cool to see if there was like footage of that it's really interesting at, at first you kind of look at this show and immediately you're like oh zuko's just incompetent because he can't fight this like kid but then you realize like ang is an airbending master and zuko is able to keep up with yeah him. zuko is actually able to keep up um like he was going hard after yeah. ang in this episode like he was very competent oh yeah they, it was literally explosive yeah there's like an actual just like explosion like a bomb yeah and i think fighting. you only see that really like he doesn't go toe-to-toe with people a lot in this series like yeah, direct battles with ang and like another person he doesn't yeah he he really only has fought ang directly otherwise he'll be just like marauding the, you know marauding the villages on the rhinos yeah. right you know with, and have like his soldiers do do all the legwork mostly for him yeah anyways great fight great fight scene super super cool cool uh i wanted to talk about our favorite character or our favorite yeah, our favorite character. Um, hmm? Coughing Man made a reappearance. <laughs> yes. It might not be the same guy. He's probably Coughing Nun. Coughing Nun, yes. What was the joke? It was, um, <laughs> it was... oh, when they were talking about the perfume. and they, Yeah, <laughs> if you thought we conveniently brought up the perfume in our plot summary, it's because it, that's how it was like in the show. They just like randomly like said, oh, they, what's that? What's oh. that smell? Yeah, it smells great. It's perfume. It's like wow. very random. Like a, That's, that's going to come in handy later on when yeah. we're having to fight some weird smelling like beast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, the joke was uh, when Sokka brought up the perfume, they're like, oh, pour that on Appa because he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah, was so good. So classic, classic coffee. It was very subtle this episode. I almost missed it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it or hear it. Sorry, hear it at first. It was on the second because we watch it twice when we prepare for the episode because, um, you know, just once and then uh, once all straight through and then the other while we're writing the plot summary. Mm-hmm. Um, so Danielle was watching it while I was writing the plot summary and she brought it up. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's the cough. So good. It's very subtle. How many coughs have we seen so far? We should have a counter. Four, I think. Yeah, yeah, there were like two or three in the uh, Omashu episode, right? Three. Three, okay. Keep keep count. Fun facts? Sure. Did we already talk about our favorite bending moment? I said mine was the um, the well. Let me describe it. I didn't think we, we just like said the well. Um, basically, yeah, they were doing the, that tiptoe thing, but they're on a well. And uh, they like 
Zuko just like destroys like the very top part where yeah. like the bucket thing is and they're dancing around and then uh as Aang is trying to get the necklace it drops right yeah. into the well so Aang dives in and then Zuko just decides to just throw like a fireball down there uh and as he does that you just see like a column of water just blasts Zuko in the face like a straight up geyser some great water bending for Aang. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he smacked him. Yeah, and then it just rains. He down. probably didn't expect it too. Yeah, Zuko. You know. Yeah, what I mean? like, that's true. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't seen Aang water bend yet. True. Yeah, that that I didn't I didn't think about that. Um, mm-hmm. The last time he fought Aang, uh, sorry, yeah, the last time he fought Aang, he didn't know water bending. Yeah, um, and he's I mean he's he's a beginner, but he's more practiced. He's learned. Definitely. Right, he's been practicing with Katara, who I think I'm going to give Katara my favorite bending moment when she um, bended the perfume. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Fun, fun fact. Oh, it's not really that much of a fun fact. I just thought that June's voice sounded really familiar, and I was like, she has to be in other stuff. She actually plays two characters in Avatar. Who? Well, June. And she reprises that role eventually in yeah, the third book. Yeah, she comes book. back. Uh, but she also voices Avatar Kyoshi. Ah. When we see Kyoshi. Um, the two Bamps. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or one of one two of the many uh, badass women yeah. in this show. Um, and I thought her voice just sounded really familiar, so I was looking at like other roles she might have done. And I mainly know her from um, the show Totally Spies. Which one was she a spy? Yeah, she was the the red headed one. Was it the red costumed one? No, green costume. Uh, okay. Sam. Okay. I, it's been I, I I did watch Totally Spies. I just don't remember the the long red red headed one with the green costume. Right. Because there was a short brunette with the yellow costume, and then the blonde with the red costume. They should they should reprise that. They're doing. Did you see? There's like a Powerpuff Girls. Live like, action. Yeah. Did you see the script leaks? No. It's like, it it's bad. Really? It it's like uh, yeah. written by a fifty year old man who th- thinks that uh, um, all we say is, oh, look look at my Facebook Tinder profile, uh, LinkedIn, add me on Twitter at at me OnlyFans. Like they just like throw in all these like weird social media lingo that like doesn't make sense. It's it's bad. That's depressing. Yeah, it is. I I mean I don't know who it's written by. It's don't so, quote me on the fifty year old man thing. It's but it's just so that's the hard vibe. that like no one can ever figure out how to make a live action cartoon. Like we saw with they did they tried to do Teen Titans. I'm pretty sure that flopped. did they. Yeah, Teen Titans. They did Teen Titans. It was like a weird like um a weird online it was only released on a streaming service wow i did not know that yeah i didn't even watch it i mean it, yeah they did try I'm sure it didn't pop they tried off. full metal alchemist <laughs> did like they? yeah and that was I mean, not good last airbender yeah well, look at us i was watching a comparison scene from <laughs> katara's fight with master paku which is one of my top three that is a great yeah that's a great fight. um and <laughs> It's just a comparison of the last airbender version and then her fight, <laughs> the show version. It was so it literally the whole fight was Katara slowly moving an orb of water to him and him like blocking it, and yeah. that was the whole thing. 
And, and like, meanwhile, <laughs> in the animated, you have, like, Katara, like, slicing off, like, di- flying discs of ice. And, like, yeah, like Master Paku making, like, a like a, a rock avalanche with oh ice and, like, like surfing she, it. She was about to, like, decapitate him yeah. in the show. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, just a blob of water. Slowly moving. I mean, Why couldn't they animate it faster? I don't understand. <laughs> they could have literally just sped up. Just sped it up. Sped up Danielle, the we're 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 um we're already using up the content we could do for a bonus episode on the movie. Okay, can't anyway. talk about the movie too much because this is stuff we could use for it. Also, that uh the actress um who played June, I the actress who played June, Jennifer Hale, she uh voiced um a character in Overwatch. I don't know Overwatch, but I know you play Overwatch. Ash. Yeah. She's the cowgirl. Cool. Get him, Bob. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I'm done. Nice. Um, no other fun facts. No, that's no. It. Any Ang faces? No. Oh, there was a there was a weird Ang moment, um, actually that uh, I thought was strange of him to do when he was walking out, like when he was feeling really like left behind, um, and like left out of the conversation, uh, in there in Bato's hut. Um, he when he walks out, he like puts on like the uh, a crown or like a mask or whatever. And Bato's like, "Hey, like don't don't wear that. That's ceremonial." And then, like that, like for some reason, just hurts his feelings even more. It's like, "Ang, come on, that, yeah, that, don't put on a ceremony." Yeah, like, you're, it's a stranger. You yourself you get so butt hurt, like when in like a couple episodes, people are gonna mess up your like an. An ancient air temple. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're messing with his culture. Meanwhile, he's just like putting on like a stranger's ceremonial mask. Yeah. Like, come on, Ang. And he he just, it's just the fact that he like, uh, like hunched his shoulders over. Yeah, he's like, Like moped away. He wants to play with it. Yeah. Just like, come on. you, you." It's like talking, literally like uh, talking to a child. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, also in the very beginning, like when they're starting to allude that, you know, the episode is going to be about like leaving Aang behind and they first meet Bato and you know, Sokka and Katara are hugging him. Oh, we haven't seen you or whatever. And meanwhile, Aang's hanging back like, hi, I'm Aang. <laughs> and they just don't acknowledge <laughs> him at all. I know it's, they start walking off and they have to be like, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny how like that was like them, the first like hint at like what it was going to be about later but it was very over the top yeah it was just like a very like, <laughs> like direct like no in, one him. like no polite person would like yeah go, go about that situation like that yeah like, exactly. they would have definitely been like this is our friend Aang. like exactly yeah so they, they really made they made it. katara and sokka like into dicks this episode into of, dicks oh and di- they were acting like dicks i the way you said that though i was like what do you mean into dicks like <laughs> <laughs> like they were being mean yeah, like yeah, they were unnecessarily mean, like leaving him out. Like they when he came back, he's like, "Oh, I'm back." And they're like, "Oh, I didn't notice he stepped out." <laughs> they were literally having a full conversation about him, like, "Oh, we can't right. leave Aang." <laughs> they didn't look around to see that he wasn't even there. Yeah, yeah, very silly. Again, I always think that all of these problems could be solved if Momo had a gun. <laughs> I don't know about that. For this one. I think I. I don't think I think that everything would be made worse in this episode. No, no. Imagine if Momo, like at, when when Sokka and Katara decide to leave, and Momo just like flies in front of them, just like waves it, <laughs> doesn't point it, just like, are you sure about this? <laughs> you about to leave my boy behind? 
Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Rocky Relationship. Um, TikTok. Rocky at- Relationship Pod. Yep. Don't follow our cats. They're terrible. They uh, made us have to like re-record part of the um, t- the intro. No, the the summary. So they were just playing. Oh come on! <laughs> no. Everyone shame Danielle in the comments on our in, all of well, our Instagram comments. in in Instagram on okay. the po- in, the next post we make. Just shame her for having the idea of bringing or letting the cats in. I didn't even like. I just didn't lock them away. <laughs> Well, I get so to. sad when I have to lock them in our room. Listen, after the the audio f- trash fire that they <laughs> they almost caused, <laughs> I'm fine with locking them away. All right. Well, what what episode are we covering next week? Uh oh, the deserter. The deserter. Again, another episode I do not remember. Really? No, I don't. I it doesn't ring any bells. You don't so. remember old old John John? John John. Yes, okay. Yes, I do remember. Okay, I do remember. Yep. The name just didn't ring any bells for me. Yeah. It's a good one. It is a good one. All right. Well, I'm excited. Listen to us next week. I'm glad you're excited now. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. bye.